0: Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. Thank you for all that you've done in our life, all the songs we just sang. We never sang them because they are up there on the screen. We sang them because they're in our heart and because what you've done for us is so amazing. We are absolutely in love with you. We thank you for all that you've done, all you're going to do. We thank you for the people either side of us. We thank you for the journey we're all on in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, God bless you. Great to be here with you. And uh, I feel a bit like I'm at home because uh, our church at home, we've got 80 plus nationalities, I think. Uh, Well, at least somebody counted. I didn't, but... (laughs) One of my staff did once and said, uh, yeah, there was up to 80. And so wherever you're from in the world, we've got somebody from there uh, in the church. And you kind of look around and just go, this is the way it's meant to be. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation under God's own earth is there. And then you turn up and you start to see people like Pastor Tim McDonald. Uh, Apart from the fact that he's a New South Welshman, other than that, he has completely made it in my eyes. And I was just up in his office there and there was a a filthy picture uh, which I had to turn to face the wall of uh, of the New South Wales front row and I just said, I said, Lord, I curse that thing. Uh, Amen, amen, thank you, yeah. I was actually born in Brisbane and grew up in a little town called Tara, which is 200 miles west of here and if you've been there, it's because you were lost probably, but... Uh, my grandparents actually lived about a kilometre from here in Orchard Road in Richlands. And so every Christmas we would come down to Grandma and Granddad's house, and I knocked myself out on Orchard Road once riding my Granddad's bike. He never owned a car uh, ever. He used to cycle up uh, Orchard Road, Freeman Road, then go to Dara, buy all of the groceries, and put them on the handlebars of his bike and cycle all the way back. And I borrowed his bicycle once and I'm careening down Orchard Road. The front wheel hit the sand and I just went straight over and woke up on the side of the road. So there's a little bit of me here (laughs) in City Point West, all right? And uh, it really is, if I've never met you, uh, trust me, this place is everything it looks like. It's real and the people here are genuine and they love God. None of them are perfect, not even Pastor David McDonald. Uh, he's, he's probably close, closer than most. But the reality is that we gather around. I don't know about anybody else here. Can I move this a little bit? No, I'll be out of the light, won't I? Does that matter? I just feel like I want to get closer so my spit can land on you. <laughs> Jesus spat on a blind man's eyes and he got healed. And I'm, I'm still waiting. I've spat a lot. But today might be the day. Uh, but I just think it's a joy. I really mean that. I love Tim and Wendy. And I really think the world of them. I think they're two of the most amazing leaders in the whole of the INC movement. And I mean that. Tim paid me to say that, of course. But... No, not really at all. We genuinely admire them both for their amazing dedication and just their love for people. You know, I follow Tim on Instagram. And Tim posts, yeah, he does post his fish occasionally. But you know what he posts the most? Is he posts the young people of this church. Wow. And I see that and it always impresses me. I'm going, he used to post, I would say, these are my kids. And I used to think, have they adopted all these? When he first started doing it, Then I realised that's just the way he thinks about it all. It's kind of funny, you know, uh, because what you guys are doing with youth, we did exactly that at the beginning of this year. Same thing. Said, we're going to take all the youth are in worship. Uh, We've got a balcony as well as a a downstairs. So they all sit up in the balcony. Then they go out and they do exactly what you're talking about. Uh, Isn't that funny? Hey, right around the world. uh, Great to be here. Again, can we just pray for a minute? Father, we love You and we love Your Word. We didn't come here to hear someone's opinions. They won't help us. The world's full of them. There's millions and billions of opinions and people have got all these ideas and there's thousands and millions of books telling us a whole lot of stuff. But today we don't need that, we need truth. We need something that will enrich our life. We need something that we can grab a hold of and run into Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday into all of our future with. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to do through the life of this church. I thank You, Father, for the future that You've put before it. Lord, the past is never where You're looking. You're not looking back at our yesterdays and then wanting to just tweak it and give it a little bit more impetus. But you look into our future and You've got dreams of things that we've never imagined. I thank You for the school of young leaders that You're going to raise up in this church. I thank You, Lord, this place is going to be known as the breeding ground of preachers. Lord, the the nursery of young preachers. I thank you, Lord, for Pastor Tim and Wendy. And Lord, I know, Pastor Tim, at times we all feel inadequate. We all feel like, who am I? And yet, God, you've never ever told us to rely on who we are. You've told us to rely on who you are. So Father, I believe that and I declare that over this house, Lord, that you're going to raise up uh, people that are going to go out. Lord, the church was never meant to grab and keep. It was meant to grab, train, and send out. So we thank You, Lord, for what You're doing in this place. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 through to 12. I'm going to read a lot of the Bible because I like it. And because uh, I kind of figure that you never turned up today to see how good a speaker I am. You turned up today to see, uh, God, what do You want to say to me about my life. So Philippians chapter 3, Paul is speaking. He says, Yet indeed I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom, watch this, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. The word there actually means uh, like dog poo. (laughs) It literally does. Count them as dung. And uh, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. In other words, out of what I do right and what I don't do wrong, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know Him and that I might know the power of His resurrection." and the fellowship of His sufferings. I talk to Christians all the time who go, but where's the power of God? And I always want to say the same thing to them. It's always ahead of you. Paul is writing this and he says, I'm not looking back to a moment where I got anointed and where I got it all. He said, I'm going on for more of the power. I'm going on for more of this fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. He said, I haven't arrived. I haven't finished my journey. I'm still growing. I'm still walking with God. And walking with God means I don't have it all yet. Turn to someone beside you and tell them, I don't have it all yet. Turn to someone on the other side, point your finger at them and say, and neither do you. (laughs) We don't have it all yet. We're still going. It's up ahead for us. By any means, I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also has laid hold of me. And this morning I'm going to speak to you. If you like titles, take this one Go Forward or Press On. Because what makes this passage remarkable is that Paul, the great apostle, is not writing this after he's just encountered the risen Christ on the road to Damascus. He's not writing this when he's just been baptised in the Holy Spirit and the scales have falling from his eyes and he's saying, I'm going to press on. What a great start. How awesome this is. He's not even writing this after one of his great church planning trips where he's gone out and seen massive churches and massive conversions and miracles occur. He's not writing this at the beginning where it's easy to be excited where it's easy to have enthusiasm, where it's easy to have an energy to go forward. But he is writing this as he sits under home arrest in a Roman uh, jail, really, awaiting trial before Caesar, who by a mere shifting of his thumb from up to live to down to die, can take out the life of this great apostle and he sits there and he still says, I'm going forward. I'm not in a place where I can leave the building. I'm not some Listen, we talk about COVID and about restriction. And so many people have paused their whole life while they've waited for circumstance to change. But Paul sat under house arrest, about to face the most powerful man in the world at that time. And he still said, I'm going forward. He still said, you know what? I haven't got there yet. He still said, I'm not at my finish line. He still said, why would I stop running when I'm still? I don't even know what lap it is. And here's the truth. None of you know how many laps you run. Amen. I always live like around the corner, maybe the greatest day of my life. Around the corner, maybe more miracles. I have seen more than I can count over the years. A friend of mine only a year ago, I was at his home helping him and uh, he's, in his 70s, and, and I said, let me help you because he's a little unsteady. And, and as we, I climbed up onto the roof, he climbed up, and as I turned around to say, Michael, do you need a hand? All I heard was a thump, and then I heard his wife screaming. And I mean, screaming, screaming. And there he lays on the pavers. He's fallen from the top step of the ladder, landed on his head, and he lays there motionless, and I remember as calm as anything, thinking in my head, oh, I might have to raise Him from the dead. I don't remember how I got down there. I don't know if He was dead or not, by the way. I'm not claiming that's what happened. But His wife, to this day, if you ask her, she'll say, He died. He lay there doing nothing. I, I don't remember getting off the ladder. I just remember putting my hand on His chest and starting to pray in tongues. Listen to me, you mightn't believe in tongues, but there's some moments where all you've got is to pray in tongues. <laughs> Amen. There's some there's some moments when a prayer beyond your understanding is a pretty good prayer to be able to pray. Amen. I kind of like it. I kind of like the Holy Spirit. I kind of like having somebody who can move through the physical thing of my hand and touch this guy. Well, I start praying and then a moan comes out of him like I've never heard from a human. Uh, the ladies that were there were kind of all a little bit freaked out. I said to one, get me a pillow. Said to another, call the ambulance. Well, in about five minutes, they get him there and he's begun to move by then. Two days later, they send him home from hospital. He broke his collarbone. He broke his his shoulder blade and eight ribs. Now, I don't know if he had a gas. I don't know if he died. All I'm saying is this. Listen to me today, because there will be some of you here that are feeling the pressure to quit. There'll be some of you here that go, my marriage isn't worth it. That kid is never going to change. There are some of you here who go, God, I've been faithful. I've been a tither. I've been generous. And God, what have I got to show for it? My business is going down the tubes. And I'm just here to say to you today, this is not a time for quitting. The Apostle Paul sat in that jail and said, I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. He said, I'm going to press on. He said, I'm going to keep on going. Come on, I want you. I don't mind if you need to jump up and shout just in a moment, okay? You just help yourself. I'll forgive you for it because I know what a conservative church you are. Amen. I haven't been to church in a long time where I felt like having a run. But gee, I tell you, I felt like having a run today. <laughs> Calm down, Jeff. Just remember, remember your English upbringing. but I never got baptised with an English Holy Spirit. (laughs) Calm down, thank you. That won't work. (laughs) Let me just quickly, I've got to hurry up because according to that clock up there, I haven't got very long. Uh, But look, it's just disappeared. Can't see it anymore. Let me take it quickly. I'll read these to you. Here's the three times when I believe you need to go forward in your life. 1 Samuel chapter 30, this is probably my favorite passage just about in the Bible. 1 Samuel 30, verse 1. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag, On the third day the Amalekites had invaded the south Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, burned with fire. <laughs> I'm in a hurry. Sorry, you just got to catch up. <laughs> is it up there? Yeah, well, you just read it yourself. Hello. <laughs> They taken captive the women, those who were there, small great, didn't kill anyone, carried them away, went their way. David's men came to the city, there it was, been with fire. Their wives, their sons, their daughters were taken captive. David and the people with him lift up their voices and wept to them a powder weep. David's two wives, the Hinoam and Jerusalem, and Abigail, the wife, or the widow of Nabal, the carmelite, had been taken captive. <laughs> right. Now, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself. Everyone say, David strengthened himself. <laughs> Come on, come on, hello. Now, you didn't get that because you're ringing up the pastor going, oh, pastor, I feel bad. Oh, pastor, I'm having a tough week. And there's nothing wrong with ringing up the pastor and saying I'm having a tough week. But sometimes you can't get a hold of the pastor because he's deep sea diving somewhere. (laughs) Sometimes... Sometimes you can't ring up your mama and your papa. Sometimes you can't ring up your neighbor down the road. Sometimes your life group leader. Sometimes they're busy on the toilet and can't talk to you. Sometimes. So many people go, hey, uh, hey. I meet people all the time who are their own worst enemies. Oh man, I'm an idiot. What a dropkick. (laughs) I'm I'm about as useless as an ashtray on a motorbike. (laughs) I'm about as useless as a hip pocket in a singlet. (laughs) For the young people here, a singlet is an old-fashioned name. (laughs) Vests men used to wear them once. Go to ask one of the old people later if they've got one. (laughs) David strengthened. I love it. The King James Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, the Himalek's son, bring the ephod here to me. And you and I don't really relate to that. So I need to explain to you that when David says that, he's really saying, I want to come into the very presence of God. He's saying, "This is a God moment for me." Come on, so listen to me. Sometimes, can you, sometimes all your doctrine and all your theology and all the songs—you need to stop and grab an ephod, as it were, and say, "God, I, I just need you." Come on, then. come on, come on. Some—I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just because I'm just a little Queensland boy. And maybe it's because I come from a little tiny country town and, you know, I, I thought the, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I wanted to deliver groceries. I thought that'd be such a cool job to have your own ute. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I thought that'd be the height of everything. Then a, a week later, I wanted to be a nuclear physicist because <laughs> I thought that meant you could blow really big things up. But David says, bring me the, the ephod. And Abiathar brought it to David. And David inquired of the Lord and said, This shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? He answered, Pursue, for you will surely overtake them and without fail recover all. David's the famous giant killer, the one they wrote songs about. He's now at his lowest ebb ever. He's hunted, he's spoken evil of by everybody. And now even the men that he has taken under his wing and transformed from rejects and misfits into something that Second Chronicles says was like the army of God. And these guys now go, you know what? It's your fault. And I'm over you. And matter of fact, they start muttering, let's kill him. Like that will help. Can I say to you, whatever mess you're in, crucifying your leader won't help? Can I say to you, whatever mess you're in, bagging out the church? And bagging out your pastors won't make it any better. These guys are there going, let's get rid of David. Like, hollow, what are you going to do then? He killed a giant. How many of you killed? <laughs> I killed a cockroach the other day. <laughs> no, well, I stonked on it in Jesus' name. <laughs> David encourages himself. But what I want to hurry up and get to in this very, Lord have mercy. I want you to look here quickly at what David asks God. Because most of us, if we got God on the royal telephone, (laughs) telephone to glory, oh, what joy divine. I can hear the current moving along. Come on, you only singer with me here. Made by God the Father for His very own. You can talk to Jesus on this royal telephone. Now, don't you tell Pastor Mark that I sang that. But listen, most of us, if we get God on the line, we're going, God, how come? Why? Why me? We want to tell God all the stuff, all the reasons why it's a, a, a turkey of a day. David gets God on the line. He says this. Listen to what he says. He says, God... Shall I pursue? Think about that. He says, God, should I keep going forward? God, I, it looks ridiculous. They could have killed my wives and our kids. I, I might go and it might be fruitless. There might be nothing up ahead. God, what should I do? 600 men just want to die in their misery. But one man says, I want to go forward. One man says, I'm going to go forward. I'm going to go forward. 600 people said, well, I would, you know, but look at the circumstance. Well, I would, but it's so hard. Look how I feel. I'm emotionally wounded. Can't you tell I just need time to... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I need a holiday in North Queensland laying on a sandy beach. I need a holiday... 70 kilometres out from 1770. (laughs) Listen to me. Come on. We're having fun, but that's okay because this is church. And and you might be going to the boring part of heaven, but I'm not. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You can go to the boring part of heaven where they all just, you know, playing organ music. (laughs) Way slow. I'm gonna go to the hip part of heaven. Amen. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm gonna go where they clap and shout, where they sing, where they where they jump. That, amen. I'm going to my church part of heaven. Amen. My wife's saying, you better hurry up. But going back never brings blessing in your life, does it? I have have some old pastors talking about the good old days and I go no they weren't that good and even if they were good they're not as good as what's up there so why would I want to go back I like being the age I am amen 47 is a great age someone said to me when I turned 60 they said oh you're over the hill I said well it depends how high your hill is I said, I happen to have a very high hill. My father died at 99 and a half. I said, I'm going to go way past him. Amen. 120 shall be his years. Amen. Amen. And that means I've only just started my second half. And, and in all the sport I ever played, I never got in the second half and go, oh, well, may as well stop. What's the point of that? That'd be like New South Wales. <laughs> oh, I apologise, because there may be some of you here. <laughs> Pastor David is, he's not manifesting, but he's coming close. We need the sp- <laughs> Bad preaching, he said. <laughs> Isn't it true, though? Listen, if you're in a tough time, and I've been in a number of them over the years, health ones, finance ones, church ones, leadership ones, personal ones. All I know, I, I don't know anything smarter than this. Just keep going. Yes. When when I left City Point, and it wasn't City Point then, they I preached, it was on the December 31, I think 1987. And I preached on seven things God has taught me. Number one was don't quit. Number two was don't quit. Number three was don't quit. Number four was don't quit. Number five was... Number six was... Number seven was don't ever, ever quit. Amen. So if you're in tough times, go forward. Here's the second one. I'll go this quick. Genesis 26 and verse 12 that says, Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And watch this. Verse 13 says, And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. The second time when you need to go forward is when you've achieved success. Too many people stop when they get past their trouble. You know, I used to be a, such a great faithful prayer until the trouble left. And then i just go back to ordinary Jeff. And it took me a long while to realise that the same energy I bought into a trial, I needed to keep going with when the trial ended. Amen. Keep going with that thing. Is your business successful? Why do you want to just stop? Is your marriage now better than it's ever been? Why would you want to just stop there and go, wow, thank God we got through those tough years. This guy here, Isaac, is winning in life and everything's going amazing. That's when most people stop. In Luke 12, Jesus tells the story about a man who achieves success and stops. Verse 19 and 20 and 21 Listen to what God says about this man who gets success and stops. He says, you're a fool. Listen to me. Are you somewhere, rather? Oh, I think the, the greatest sadness in life is not trouble. The greatest sadness is stopping growing in your life. Amen. Here's my last one for you. It's John 6, verse 60. Again, one of my most favourite passages. Many of His disciples said that this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? And Jesus was aware that His disciples were complaining. He said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I've spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you don't believe me because He knew from the beginning which ones don't believe and He knew who would betray him. Then He said, that's why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father... Gives them to me, John 6, 66. 666. 6, 6. <laughs> Cue spooky music. John six sixty-six says this. At that point, many of his disciples turned away from him and deserted him. Jesus turned to the twelve and said, Are you also gonna leave? The crowd's gone, what about you? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom else would we go? You alone have got the words of eternal life. Amen. Put yourself in this picture for a minute. Jesus is doing wholesale miracles and the crowds are loving it. There's excitement. Everyone is saying that a Jesus meeting is the place to be. Everyone's talking about it. They're all going, wow, what an awesome thing. But when something difficult gets said and when a conflict arises, a whole lot of people backslide. They stopped going to Jesus' meetings. They changed their minds about Him and His words. Can I say to you one of the most amazing things in the last two and a half years is how many people used to go? Wow. How many people went a conflict or a difficulty or became a more, bit more inconvenient or a bit more uncomfortable or they got distracted or they got sidetracked and all of a sudden they stopped going to Jesus' meetings? Amen. It's just got real quiet. Amen. I think I've died and gone to the Presbyterians. <laughs> and It's okay. I'm named after a Presbyterian minister. It's all good. <laughs> Psalm 42. It's got, got to be one of the saddest verses. Verse 5, it says this. I used to go to the house of God. Wow. Now, I, I know I'm preaching to you who are, you're not used to go because you're here. Yeah. Amen but now's a great time to reach out to the big church of used to go. Amen. Just ring up. I do this every week at home. I ring up people that used to go. So I'm just thinking about you because I am. I'm just thinking about you. I want you to know we love you. I want you to know you're welcome. No one's going to give you that. You know, where have you been? What have you been doing? Why did you go? We just want to see you home. Amen. We just want to see you back. And the third time when you need to go forward is when other people stop. The third time you need to go forward is to go forward regardless of others. Just remember, David is the only one who goes forward. He's the only one who asks the Lord, what shall I do? Will you have a go-forward spirit in your life? If you're in a tough time, will you decide today, I'm going to go forward regardless? Amen. Come on. I know I'm speaking to some of you here and some of you are going, yeah, but I don't want to. (laughs) I'm tired of going forward. It's too hard. I don't mean to be rude because I know what it feels like. Ask my wife. I remember to Rhonda years and years ago. I said, I'm going to quit. She said, no, you're not. I said, yes, I am. She said, no, you're not. I said, I am. She said, no, you're not. I said, why aren't I? She said, because you haven't done what God sent you here to do. Amen. yeah. Yeah, you're right. So I decided to go forward. Amen. Are you in a good time? Are you in a time where maybe the rest of the world's just looking bad, but you're just, Ben, you're up there. Can I say to you, just make sure you keep going forward. Have people around about you stopped going forward? Maybe one of your best friends used to sit with you in church and now they're just going, nah, nah, I'm out of it. Uh, just fill the empty seat with someone else. Come on. Amen. Yeah. Father, help us today in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, we never came here just to have a rev up, but God, we did come here to hear something from you. God, I pray, just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here in the building right now, because I know there are people here and you're going through a tough time and you feel like, I just want to bail. I've had enough. It's too difficult. I want to pray for you right where you are. I'm not going to embarrass you. It's not why we came. But I do want to pray for you. So if that's you, would you just slip your hand up so I know I'm praying for you just wherever you are. You say, Jeff, I'm going through a tough time and I just want God to help me today. Thank you. I can see you. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, I see you. Yep, I see you. Yep, yeah, I see you over there. Oh, well done. God bless you. Right up the back there. Thank you. Right up the back. Yeah, I see you up the back. Up the back. I see you thank you in there I see you. isn't it amazing hey you know this is my first time ever at City Point West but God I when uh, Pastor Wendy rang me up or Pastor Tim I can't remember which and said would you come and preach that very day I think I was praying in the church and I wrote this message down that's ages ago but God knew you were going to be here and listen to me if you raised your hand if God knew that you were going to be here and that I'd be here to tell you this He wanted you to hear it because He knows you can do it. He's not telling you to do something impossible. He just say, find a way to go forward. Father, for every hand that's raised. For those as well, Lord, that maybe they're in a good space and the tendency to go, you know what? I've done my carrying. I'm going to let someone else do it. Lord, whatever it may be in their life, or maybe they had friends or loved ones that were going forward and now they've fallen away and they're feeling a bit lonely and wishing that and wondering, God, I pray for them as well in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just while heads are bowed and eyes are still closed, some of you here in this place would never have started a walk with Jesus. I am so grateful. For me now, it's, oh, I don't know, it's a long time ago. I was 19. Now, I remember being in this place and I'd been impacted by the holy spirit I didn't know all the terms for it I couldn't have explained it theologically but I remember being in a service like this and feeling a drawing and an urging and something inside of me was like this is for you and and I'm so grateful that I somehow found the courage. My heart was pumping so loud, I was sure everyone could see it and hear it. But something inside of me just said, this is for you. And I said yes to Jesus. And I've never regretted it in all the 47 years that have gone on since that time. And maybe you're here today and what you really want is someone to give you the same opportunity they gave me. Maybe this morning you just go, "Would this? could this include me? Would I be, would Jesus come into my life? The answer is He'd love to. If you will say yes to Him today. And if you want to say yes to Him, all I'm going to do again, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to help you. But if that's you, all I want you to do right now is just slip your hand up in the air so I can see it. Thank you up the back, I can see you. Just wherever you are. Thank you, thank you over there, I can see you. Yeah, God bless you. Who else, just wherever you are, just raise your hand up. No one's looking around but me. God wants to touch your life. If that, you, just wave it around for a minute. I'm just going to wait because thank you over there, my rod. <laughs> See, I'm just glad somebody waited for me. In those days, back then, they used to sing a song and you'd come forward. And I remember it was the last verse that I said. I remember saying, Jesus, if... Isn't it funny how I talked to Jesus even back then? I said, Jesus, if they sing it one more time, I'll come. So I'm glad someone waited. Is there anybody else? i in those three hands, but is there anybody else? Maybe you're here and you go, you know what? Jeff, you're kidding, not me. It wouldn't work. Well, that's what they all said about me. Thank you over the back. I can see you. Anybody else? Just wherever you are. Then we're going to pray together. Thank you over the air. I see you now. God bless you. Thank you in I see you. God bless you. Just close your eyes a minute. I want you just to, we're all going to say this prayer. It's very quick. But it's very powerful. Say this after me, Lord Jesus. I need you. Please come into my life. Help me to live for you for the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you. I love your bass. Yeah. I was hearing you it's nice listen it's such a joy to be here it really is I wish I tell you what if I lived in this area I don't know what other churches are here but I wouldn't care I'd just come here I'm not saying that because I'm the deputy vice president (laughs) with lots of power (laughs) it's just such a joy you know I, I felt, I wrote it down actually. Yesterday I was praying for this service yesterday afternoon. And I, I wrote down that God was going to turn this place. I, I I have no idea. I've never spoken to Pastor Tim about it. Don't know what you do. Don't know what the programs are. Uh, but I felt like this place was going to uh, turn out preachers like. Wow. Just raise them up. You know, like, like a nursery raises up seedlings that you, this church was going to do it so if you're a young person here I was the shyest person I've ever known <laughs> I'm not making that up I was the shyest kid ever in school never went to a school social a party, a dance, nothing I was too shy to go so I know that no matter who you are there's some of you here and that little voice says this is for you it doesn't mean you're going to be on staff of the church maybe you will I wasn't on staff for ages I preached to my windscreen for a long time before anyone ever asked me to talk to people. And then you know where I started preaching? Kids' church. I love kids' church. I love kids' church because if you can hold the attention of a of a child, adults are no trouble. Trust me. Amen. I'd get in there and you know sit in these tiny little dinky chairs. And then I'd have to ask one of the ushers to help me up. <laughs> just before I finish, and my time has gone, I appreciate. You've all been so patient. Thank you for letting me be a part of your service here today. Uh, I'm more honoured to be here, uh, and Rhonda. We just had our fifth grandchild this week. Yeah, how lovely is that? <laughs> Some of you... Some of you know our daughter Candace and our son-in-law Matt and uh, that was them that had the baby. I just want to pray for Pastor David McDonald. Is that all right? Before I finish, because I love this man of God, one of my best friends on the planet, without a doubt. I mean that. He's not just been a, a colleague with me over many years. But, you know, David, earlier on in the service, I felt the Lord saying to me that, Son, your finish line's not close. Your finish line's still a long way. And that God's still got much more. You know, the, the promise of God is not just to your children, it's to your children's children. And I saw you almost, as it were, skipping a generation and going to some of the much younger ones and having input to them and, and begin to develop. You know, Paul said this: He said, You've got 10,000 instructors, but you haven't got many fathers. And what we need in the church more than we've ever needed before is people that go, Let me tell you how to do this. Let me show you how to live the kind of life that will bear this fruit. So, Father, thank you for David. In Jesus' name, thank you for the power of God and the, the second breath, the equipping, Lord, for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Let's just pray for Pastor uh, Tim. I'm holding your hand as well, Tim. All right. You're here with your gnarly little salt-crusted hands. Amen. Put your hand toward your pastors. Father, we just thank You for Tim and for Wendy in Jesus' Name. Father, we thank You for divine favour in this community. Favour with the people that have got influence and power. People that are in business, Lord, that are going to begin to pour into their community arm like never before until it becomes a door and a famous door into this community. Where people are going to go, go to those people, they help. And you're going to start to see miracles in your community arm. I don't know what you call it, but you're going to begin to see miracles there where the Holy Spirit is going to just move and you're going to go, yeah, but but we never even sang and we never even took up an offering and we never even did anything. The Holy Ghost is just going to be there. I want to tell you, if you want to minister for Christ, I would become a volunteer in the community arm and just look for the opportunities God's going to bring into that space in Jesus' Name. Father, we thank You for it. Thank You for all that You're doing. Pray for Tim. Pastor Tim, thank You for Your hand on his life. Thank You that You've raised him up, Lord. And it's almost, God, as though this couple, You've you kind of hidden them away a little bit. They've been kind of out there in the West, not so noticed. But Lord... The wise men came from the east because Jesus was in the west. Thank you for that, Lord. Amen. 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 I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.